Welcome to the Boy Beats World podcast, a show with not a whole lot of rules, uh, but one big one is if a Mariner throws a no-hitter, you got to jump on the phone and talk about it. That's exactly what Phil and I did. I called him on my walk home. He took a break from work to talk about James Paxton's ace performance uh, north of the border in his home country of, of Canada. Uh, the M's going forward. What are their prospects as they head into this this season where, or part of the season where they can really make some damage? Uh, and made some plans for Boyd Meets World live at the end of June. It should be a, a good time there. Enjoy it. Uh, I am here with Phil Smeraldo via phone, via my walk home right now, via his free, free work break. Um, every once in a while, you know, we plan things a couple weeks in ahead. Every once in a while, things happen where you just got to get on the phone with someone and, and support it. And uh, James Jackson threw a no-hitter two days ago, so we had to. Uh, well, when, were you watching the whole thing? Because I tuned in halfway through the fit. So I was at work, you know, I, for the listeners who don't know me, I work in a restaurant. So obviously um, my big hours of being at work are, you know, kind of right when the Mariners are playing. Mariners always started, you know, seven o'clock, but they were in Toronto. So the game started at four o'clock. So we're not super busy at that point. So I tuned into the first couple innings and then around five, five thirty, that's when people start trickling into the restaurant. So I kind of have to divert my attention from the game. And we have the game up on the TV, you know, in the bar. So I was watching there. Um, and I try and get catch as many innings as I can. And it's funny because the first couple innings, he didn't look too sharp. You know, he walked, I think, three guys in the first. He walked three in the first, you know, couple innings. There was at least two mound visits I saw. And I didn't even realize he had a no-hitter going when I had to um, leave the um, leave the. Uh, Right. Uh, the, the bar to go actually work in the restaurant. And, uh, so I came back, actually, I got a text from, um, another friend of mine that said, did you see what's going on in the fifth right now? And I think, uh, that's when I came back and we had like four or five people, you know, kind of in the bar watching the game. So I kind of sat with them and then I watched the rest of the game from there. It, uh, it was, it became, he pitched much better in the second half of that start in the first half. Which well, did you see Did you see he hit 100 miles an hour on the gun in the ninth inning? And missed throwing 100 pitches in a, in yeah. a nine-inning game? Uh, That's yeah, what they call was, I looked that up on the internet. Uh, people call that the Maddox because Greg Maddox had like two no-hitters uh, uh, where, where, he, uh, where he threw less than 100 pitches. So I think that's that, uh, lovingly called the Maddox. Anytime you're doing a Maddox, uh, that's okay. That's a good thing. Um, I don't think Greg Bannock ever not ha- or didn't have a quality start in his career or something, something like that. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good good uh, good model to follow. It was it was wild and it's wild on its own, but there's obviously things that you want to compare it to. And Jace Paxton has become the ace of this staff by de- by default because there's just. It's well, not even by default. I think James Paxton is probably one of the top five pitchers in the MLB right now. I mean, you look at what he's done in the last last. I mean, last season. The only thing with him ever has always been his health. I mean, mm. A lefty throwing ninety-seven. Uh, that's Randy Johnson, you know. So I think I think the only thing that's ever held him back from being in that true true upper echelon of pitchers is his health and his ability to stay consistently on the mound and throw thirty games a year. So how do you compare this? This moment in time, this start 
Paxton's no-hitter to, to Felix's perfect game back in, that was 2012. Well, it's different. You know, during 2012, Felix, I think, threw that perfect game in August. And yep. that was a that was just a really bad season for the Mariners. I'm sure we were. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm gonna go ahead and venture a guess that we were already well out of the playoff race at that point. Day game really, against Tampa Bay, probably about nine thousand people at State. <laughs> and you were there. I was there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was that was special because that was kind of the culmination of it. It, it really encompassed everything that had gone on with that team for the last five or so years. Um, with, you know, the offense putting up nothing, you know, the Mariners are sliding out of the contention, but there's this one guy who's just going out there every night, or every fifth night, I should say, to really just give it his all and show show us that there is still some fun in baseball. That's why I think Felix is, I mean, I love Paxton, but that's why I think Felix's will always hold a little bit more of a special place in my heart. So I actually disagree already because the the Felix perfect game is is akin to what Ichiro was doing in, I don't know, what was that, 2007 when he's putting up 262 hits. It's just, it's a tree falling it's in the It's empty, yeah. Yeah. This, this, I mean, we're 30, at that point, 33 games through the season when, when James Paxton did this. Arguably the best start that the Ems have had in, what, a decade? And it signals something greater. With Felix, it was like, man, we're squandering this guy's prime. It was almost Paxton, bad, yeah. Exactly. With Paxton doing it, it's Wow, we might really have something here, and I think for that reason, it's it's a uh, it's a powerful moment from in uh, in history. Yeah, I mean, I I can't I can't, but the only thing is now, I guess history will show us how we're going to feel about this. If the Mariners fade out like they have done so often in the last three or four years, then uh, you know this will just be another kind of like Felix, a great a great moment, kind of wasted by a team that has never been able to take the next step and really compete. So what else have you noticed? Um, let's, let's kind of pivot from here. What, what have you noticed about this team that makes you think that that flame out, that sadness is, is, is impending doom coming our way? And then after that, what, what about this team makes you think that this was not a blip in the pan and we might have something here? Well, I mean, it's really, I think it's really easy to see if you've been paying even uh, uh, a small amount of attention to the team, what the weaknesses and what the strengths are. The starting pitching is just awful. I mean, outside of Paxton, there's no one out there who I think I'm confident that this guy's going to go out and at least give us a chance. There are times when a starter in the rotation is capable of doing so. We've seen Felix do so. We've seen Gonzalez do so. At the start of the year, we saw Lee do so. But there's never a guy in the rotation that I'm confident that he's going to at least go out there and not blow it up in the first two innings. Um, yeah. We and, and that's hard. That's hard when when you get down three four runs and you're constantly playing from behind. Obviously, the offense is great. Um, Hanager has been a revelation. He was a revelation last year too, but it's really awesome to see him sustaining that success. I think anyone can have a half season of, of good baseball. It's it's when you when you start to string together two three seasons in a row where you start to think, wow, we really have something here. And I think he's well on his way to doing that. Um, D Gordon, yeah. that that was. I mean, the, the offense is potent. G. Um, Gordon's been been really great, you know, causing havoc at the top of the lineup. Um, I think if they can continue to to play the way they've been playing, we might have something. But God, the, the rotation there's someone's got someone's got to turn consistent for them. And I don't know who that is. Maybe it's Gonzalez. Maybe it's Lee. But someone's got to go out there and just give them the chance to win every, night in, night out. Yeah, 
what I'm about to say is not is not groundbreaking in that the you know if you score a lot of runs your your chances of winning goes up much <laughs> a significant amount. Uh, but with the Mariners specifically, this through this small sample size, you can really see it. Uh, seven and thirteen, the M's are in games that they score less than five runs. Mm-hmm. Thirteen and thirteen and two when that number gets to five or higher. Um, right, but that, that that what you just said right there, even if it's five runs, five runs should be enough to win it almost every game. But we just we are for whatever reason we're not capable of putting up games where you know we I, I can't remember a game where we've scored three or four runs and and I've really felt like okay we we can hold on. Anytime the Mariners are up two to one, three to one, it going into the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, I always think in my head, man, they better score at least three or four more or else we're not going to win this game. Who uh, who on the M's mound is your most? Who do you trust the least? Like who who do you who do you see on the mound? You're like ah, oh, that's this is gonna be a three run inning. I I know this hurts to hear, but right now it's Felix. I just don't trust him, and I know he's strung together a couple of okay starts, but it seems like he's just he's getting he's a power pitcher who doesn't have power anymore, and he never right. he he could he never made a graceful transition into becoming a more finesse pitcher, and and it sucks, but. I mean, the reality of the matter is that he's just—he's not a reliable starter. He can't, was, not, to, uh, not to say he can't put together a good game. We've seen it, but I, he can't put him like I was just saying about Hanniger. He's put it together consistently. Felix does not have the consistency anymore to go out there. Zach Cozart, the uh, the Angels second baseman, he um, the other day he hit one off Felix. It's just such an off the bat, obvious home run to left. It was it was as if back in King Griffey Junior Baseball you have like the big circles, as mm-hmm. if the, the circle couldn't even fit on the screen. Like it was just, it was just a meatball. Yeah, it was. It I was, mean, it it's was, sad to watch. It's sad to watch Felix throwing throwing teams to these guys. Like it's 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 uh, he's a shell of what he used to be. Yeah, it's. Uh, and it's also, he never had great. He never had great. Um, location and he was always a guy who got by just throwing his gas by people and, and having crazy movement on his off speed stuff so when that starts to fade with age he's really left with no nothing he's not a jamie moyer or like a tom glavin who can just paint the corners right but right. his his craftiness is is or his lack thereof of craftiness is, is on full display right now um how about shifting to the bullpen because Juan Nicasio gave up a, a four spot last night in the absolute worst time. Yeah, it seems like, and that it sucks, seems like but he's, he's been really good lately. I mean, the last couple outings he hasn't been, but the, the the first part of this year, he's been a pleasant surprise to me. How about the rest of the bullpen? I know James Pazos has had a great start. Mm-hmm. Um, we we warned you about good. that with the mustache mustache talk. Yeah, we did. I remember you called that. You called that. You said that he was going to have a good year because how could he not with that mustache? Exactly. It's just logic. Um, no, and obviously Diaz, he's been really great. And you, I mean, that's the thing. I think we expect a little bit too much. Every, every fan of every team expects way too much from their bullpen. It's, these guys are in the bullpen for a reason. It's because they're not either, well, some of them are in the bullpen. You know, they have like blow, blow away stuff, but no stamina. But most of these guys are in the bullpen just because they can't cut it as a starter. So I think what we've seen out of our bullpen has been in the top. Our bullpen has been good enough to get us to the playoffs. And yeah, I know that I know it's weird to say that now when they've blown you know a couple of games here in the last week, but I think by and large they've been more more than I've expected them to be. And what's what's interesting is, and you talked about the starting pitching not going deep into games. 
Uh, last I checked a couple of days ago, the, the M's are, are below league average in terms of how many innings their starters are going, and they're below the Phillies, who that is the, literally their design to make sure yeah, that their Cap- starters don't, don't the go manager, farther. The, the manager of the Phillies, he has an interest. I would actually like to see something like that, what Kapler does with the Phillies. He cuts them off. How many times have you seen our starters, you know, go five innings, you know, give up a run, but you can kind of tell they're just kind of walking the tightrope a little bit. They're leaving guys stranded. And then in the sixth inning, you know, that's when it all collapses on them and right. third time around the order. What Kapler's been doing with the Phillies, I've been kind of paying attention to it. It's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty cool what he's been doing. He's stacked the bullpen with a lot of guys who can go two or three innings. So no one really gets tired, uh-huh. and I think that's a, that's a strategy the Mariners might need to look into. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, and one that that uh, the knock on it is that it's a great you know forty fifty game strategy, but over a course of a season, that there's just you know there's just just too many ligaments that can snap that that can change mm-hmm. the course of that. So we'll see how that holds up for for Kapler and for for the Mariners. But um, looking forward. After tonight's game against Toronto, the M's have 22 straight games against teams who currently have a 500 or, or, or who have a record that's below 500. Mm-hmm. That's a tremendous opportunity to, to put up or shut up, in my opinion. And what we've seen in the early part of this season is the Mariners have been beating up on bad teams. They just can't get it done against the Astros and the Angels and the good teams. So I don't see that why there's any reason the Mariners can't really make hay here. They've won every series against a team that I think they sh- should win, you know. They haven't, yeah. they haven't disappointed. They just haven't taken the next step to compete with the Astros, which you can really blame them. The Astros are, are just an absolute you know, powerhouse right now. Right. And the Astros really aren't the team, in theory, that they're competing with. It's the no. Angels. Yeah, they need to beat the Angels, and that's what hurt about losing two out of three and almost getting swept, you know, barely, barely staying alive and, and not getting right. swept. And that was a great game on Saturday night. But, Fantastic, know, yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's tough, to, tough to watch them keep losing to the Angels. Regardless of what happens tonight in Toronto, because you obviously take, you know, you got you to gotta no hitter out of this. You'll take the you'll take the series loss or whatever in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Get, like I said, you get 22 straight. I'm, I'm at the breaking point with this team where I'm on the East Coast. It's, it's very hard for me to watch a lot of Mariners baseball, and it would be very, very time efficient to actually avoid them. But if they give me no choice, then I just got to do what I got to do. So out of 22 games, what do you think? How many games do you think that they would have to win to, to hold my attention for the rest of the season? Uh, if they're all below 500, I mean, winning baseball games, winning baseball games a lot in a row is hard, you know, because you have matchups that don't go your way. Even bad teams have good pitchers, you know, and even bad teams have good days. So I would say if they go 14 and 8, 14 and 8 is really, really strong. 13 and 9, somewhere around there. 14 and 8 was the number that I had in my head. I think. It's they can pull out of this one today. They're, they're 35 and 23 or thereabouts, uh, which bodes well for the rest of the season. So I think that's it. So this is my 22 game small sample size theater to, for my M attention spin. Right. And, and, and that's the thing. I'm going to be watching this very intently because if they don't come out of this stretch, you know, at least in competition, I don't, I don't see how they're going to go to Houston, go to LA, go to New York, go to Boston. And, and beat all these teams. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, exactly. You got to clean up on those teams. So if you do take your lumps against the uh, against the halves of the world, I'm just then, picturing uh, uh, I'm picturing Marco Gonzalez in Yankee Stadium going back to back against Judge and Stanton, and I don't exactly love the picture that is going on in my head. You know. 
Well, a lot of people were picturing James Paxton in Yankee Stadium as a member of the Yankees uh, to start the season as, as potential straight fodder. I don't know if that's ever going to happen because now the M's brass says, oh, my God, think of how many bobbleheads we can sell with James Paxton. we got to keep him around. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that that's the thing. Is like he, he's kind of he's – a, he's a franchise guy, but you got to wonder if the Mariners flip out of contention, is it, is it time to – I don't know. Is it time to sell him? Is it time to sell him, Cruz, kind of all the other pieces that you could sell off and, and just kind of try and start with our young core of Hanager, Segura, Gordon? Yeah. If, if there were a track record of us turning prospects into positive things, I would say absolutely. Uh, but there, there has just been no such information or data for us to go off of that would suggest that that's what the M should do. So I think... This is kind of an all-in situation. I mean, you have the best lineup that the team's had in the last decade. So, and I know we mentioned this earlier uh, on our previous podcast, but if this is an all-in situation, why in the world did they not go out and get someone like Jake Arrieta or Lance Lynn in the offseason to bolster the rotation? That's been. It, it was so obvious that it was going to be the worst part of the team, and it has bo- that has borne out that it's the worst part of the team. I mean, anybody right. could have seen that. You don't need to be a professional GM to have seen that. So right, I, yeah. I, it seems like the Mariners are kind of playing, trying to play both sides of the coin here, and I, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, they're 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 constantly thinking in this small two-year window type situation uh, where you're you're an acquisition away from from being right where you need to be. But uh, you look at kind of the landscape of baseball, and there's just teams that are trying and there's teams that are not. And yesterday, Bill Simmons mentioned the Mariners on his podcast, which I don't think has ever happened in my lifetime um, as a potential playoff team, and so. If there has ever been a time to go for it, it is it is right now. Oh, definitely. And I think that's the thing is we've been so starved for a playoff team. I think me and you were texting about it. I was I was on a nightly walk. I live right next to the stadium, and uh, I was on a nightly walk, and I was walking around the stadium, and it was quiet because obviously the team was away. And I texted you something to the effect of if uh, or Marco Gonzalez is pitching, and that's why I was quiet. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why it was so quiet. But if I was, uh, if there was ever to be a one-game playoff in Seattle, how the city would just come apart at the scene. We would just oh, come yeah. unglued. Yeah, the fault the fault line. All the worries about Seattle getting in an earthquake. <laughs> everything would be rushed. Like it's supposed to happen in 2025. <laughs> happen right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's just such a such an obvious situation where. Uh, the the objective that everyone wants like the bar is so low, so low. Just right. get to the playoffs. Just get to the playoffs. Now, granted, in the MLB, it's not like the NBA where over half the league gets into the playoffs. Getting to the playoffs in the in, in the majors is actually an accomplishment. I was reading uh, something the other day that you know, although the Mariners have the longest playoff drought in all the four professional sports, it's actually not the worst drought based on the percentages of teams that actually go to the playoffs, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes plenty of sense. It's just uh, I, I don't want to live in a world where we have to mangle and, like, <laughs> twist twist data to prove that we're not the shittiest franchise. Oh, I agree. Yeah. There should just be – there's a, just a protocol in, in any professional sports you know, front office where if you are in the same infographic as the Browns, you got to do shit differently. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good. The times times are good right now. Um, the Seahawks are, are on their way down. The M's are kind of in this in this weird situation where they're the talk of the town, and uh, I don't think anyone's really ready for that. So 
And I'm excited about that. I'm almost ready for the Seahawks to not be good so that we can put a little pressure on the M's so people can start caring about the M's more. Yeah, it was it was time. I mean, the Seahawks just they, they started to it was like algae in the in the water. Like you just couldn't you couldn't even see the water anymore. And what else? It was water? murky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So we got to go fourteen and eight. I'll hold my hold my attention. Um, that'll that'll change a lot of the uh, the live boy beast world coming up end of June third end of June. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Was, we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have a real uh, real face to face instead of doing this uh, via. Telephone. Uh, what what do we like in an investment if we make this happen? Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be really good to up. We'd have to pick a we'd have to pick a night. We'd have, are you going to be here for a, are the Mariners going to be here on the same weekend? You're going to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can play the Royals something like that. Oh yeah, we can do it live from Intermezzo because you know Intermezzo. For those who don't know who are listening, it's uh, our bar, which is located very 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 close to the stadium. So we get a lot of Mariners traffic uh, on those nights, so it could be a good atmosphere. It could be a really good atmosphere um, to do something. If we just are having headphones on and, and talking to a microphone, you're gonna get a crowd. There are people. Yeah, absolutely. Who the hell are these guys until they start listening to us? We can, yeah, and then they'll realize we don't actually know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, usually it takes a couple episodes for people to figure that out. So <laughs> we'll at least get a, a strong initial push, but. Uh, all right, Phil. Well, you got to get to work. We, mm-hmm. we, can't, we, we, uh, we we've burned out all the excitement. We, we we went pretty quickly from oh, awesome, James back to no hitter to my God, Felix sucks. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's sad. I don't like ripping on a franchise legend, but it's kind of the same thing with him and Ichiro. It's, 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 we can't be being nostalgic right now when we actually have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, and unfortunately, baseball is is different than than basketball and football, where you. You know, it's it's really not fair to pin it on one player. And it's, exactly. But uh, that's that's all our simple friends can handle is the way we can all of our problems. Because then we'd have to get really introspective if not. Yeah, we'd have to think harder. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that. Who wants to do that? Exactly. Exactly. All right, sir. Thank you so much right. for coming on. We'll talk soon. Go ahead. Cool. I'll see you later. See you, bud.